ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನೌಭುನಕ್ತು ಸಹ ವೀರ್ಯಂ ಕರವಾವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮಾ ವಿಷಾವಹೈ ಓಂ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 so um just to quickly uh, summarize last uh, we did 5.5 to 5.9 and uh, basically in 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 5.5 to 5.9 uh, uh bhagwan is saying that there is no difference between um, the path of uh, renunciation or the path of knowledge and the path of selfless action karma yoga and jnana yoga and uh, he says that people who are wise they can recognize that both are basically the same and uh, then he also says that uh, the uh, renunciation of action is very difficult because um, one has to uh, uh, do the performance of uh, selfless action for them to uh, get there and uh, then he also says that people who are devoted to selfless actions and pure in mind whose body and senses are under control and he he or she sees the pers- sees the self in all and uh, is not touched or tainted or none of the vasanas are impacted irrespective of what work they do and then he goes on and says that uh, the uh, the person of uh, selfless action who knows the truth actually uh thinks that you know he does not do anything and you know there's an interesting uh, shloka which is at uh, uh eighth and ninth shloka where where the various activities involuntary activities are talked about voluntary activities you know there is always we can always debate whether one can uh, have uh, agency in the voluntary actions or not but involuntary actions like seeing doing touching he says that even that also uh uh a person who who uh, who is of, who is who is in the path of karma yoga will just be like a passive observer and say that i am not doing this there's no agency in any of them so that's what we've done and today we're going to do uh, from uh, 10 to uh, 15 and before that uh, before we um, chant this 10 to 15 anyone wants to add to anything what what i said about uh, the quick summary from the last uh, session all right okay so any volunteers today from for chanting 10 to 15 okay let me chant chant them and you know i i would strongly request you to you know uh, follow if with the book follow the chanting so that you can actually you know um, um look at the words easily and that will be easier and you know maybe you know one of you should, should definitely try this chanting you know there's nothing perfect in that but uh, we we will really have fun when you when you when you chant it by yourself okay i'm going to chant brahman yadhaya karmani sangam tyaktva karoti yah lipyate na sapapena padma patram ivam bhasa ಕಾಯ ಮನಸ ಬುಧ್ಯ 
ಕೇವಲೈರಿಂದ್ರಿಯೈರಪೀಯೋಗಿಕರ್ಮಕುರ್ವಂತೀ ಮನಸ ಸನ್ಯಸ್ಯಾಸ್ತೇಖಂಬಶೀ ನವದ್ವಾರೇ ಪುರೇ ದೇಹಿ ನೈವ ಕುರ್ವನ್ನ ಕಾರಯನ್ ನ ಕರ್ತೃತ್ವ ನ ಕರ್ಮಿ ಲೋಕಸೃಜತಿ ಪ್ರಭು ನ ಕರ್ಮ ಫಲ ಸಂಯೋಗ ಸ್ವಭಾವಸ್ತು ಪ್ರವರ್ತತೆ ಕಸ್ಯಚಿತ್ ಪಾಪಂ ನ ಸುಕೃತ ವಿಭು ಅಜ್ಞಾನೇನಾವೃತ ಜ್ಞಾನ ತೇನ ಮುಹ್ಯಂತಿ ಜಂತವ um just a uh, just question this chapter 5 is just reiterating what we have done before right at least so far what do i understand they are talking about how you do karma uh, where you are an observer and you know you do not um, think of the results so um i have a little confused maybe i don't know much about it but i thought this was supposed to be different you no know? um actually uh, chapter 2 is the summary is the entire gita uh, and then he is elaborating on various shlokas in chapter 2 in 3 4 5 and all the way up to uh, 17 oh, okay, okay. okay 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 now that makes sense okay so that's why he keeps saying that's why he keeps saying right you know if if after chapter 2 someone just closes the book and says yes i got it then you don't need to really read the rest of the chapters but uh, 99.9% of the people will not get it okay 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 so then uh, i have another question because last week i was getting very confused um there was <laughs> you guys were discussing about uh, some of you were saying karma yoga and some of you were saying jnana yoga um so what's the difference between the two someone i i hope it's okay for me to ask these questions i mean if it's too basic for you guys then it's okay the whole whole purpose of getting together is exactly that right the chitra <laughs> okay because i was getting very confused last week with uh, the discussion so i thought okay i'll read but i am not still clear because what i understood at least still what i read till the 15th shloka is basically if you if you do karma without uh, thinking of the results uh, or as an observer then your ego slowly goes away and then the knowledge is really revealed and that's the end right i mean at least that's what i understand is that then you know you are um the param purush um so what is jnana yoga then? is it the fact that i know this is called jnana yoga <laughs> it's very confused so i thought i'll ask here 
or are we going to come to it later in other chapters yeah okay let me take a shot at it chitra and then um, you know one of the others can elaborate i think it is uh, what uh, what we have read at least in the current chapter or the most recent shlokas is that it is a sequential process right you get to you get you start by doing the karma yoga whatever you just explained right um doing actions without expecting the uh, without desiring for the fruit of the action right that is karma yoga you do that to kind of uh, cleanse your vasanas or neutralize your vasanas and then the gnana yoga uh, or the sanyasa yoga are the next stages uh, but in order to get to those advanced stages for most of us karma yoga is the starting point right because we have a lot of vasanas which we should first neutralize before we get to either sanyasa yoga or gnana yoga gnana yoga is the knowledge part of it and sanyasa yoga is the renunciation part of it right so uh, three different uh, stages if you will but what is the knowledge i thought the knowledge is that you are you are the you know supreme or you are the param purush so then what is this knowledge that we are talking about that we go on after karma yoga yeah it is the realization of that truth right you are right the truth is only one right there are many mahavakyas which uh, which uh, kind of reiterate the same one truth but in order for us to realize gnana yoga is the path of um, experiencing it so that we realize that truth can i take a shot on this yeah sure. see like for example uh, you know when my son was doing his piano i was reading his book i understood everything how to play a piano it is like chapter 2 but when i sit on piano table i cannot play so that means although i know knowledge wise i know how to play a piano but i am not able to play piano because i have not practiced it so chapter 2 tells you you are brahman but you are not that because you have not realized it or you are not uh, i mean what swami vivekananda i was hearing that i was reading somewhere he says if you are brahman you have to realize it since we have not realized it there are certain paths uh, suggested to us you know i mean it is like reading a book and playing piano is uh, a shocker you know it's like you know if you have played piano the moment you read the book you understood it if you have not understood it then you have to go in a sequential basis which says think that you are brahman and work if you still not able to work uh, if you are if you are able to work with attachment then it says remove the attachments and think that you are brahman slowly slowly it is Uh, from a diverging point it is converging to one uh, brahman again getting into chapter 2 this is my understanding um i i'm sorry if i'm going to keep saying the same thing i i i get it so the ultimate knowledge is i am brahman obviously we are only talking and we haven't realized it so we have to practice it yeah that part i'm very i mean it's very clear for me and uh, i understand yes that uh, karma yoga the practice is that whatever work you do you uh, either ascribe you know that um, you are the observer or um, 
you do not think of the results and slowly you will realize you are brahman so that is one path correct yeah, am i right uh then what is this jnana yoga path that we were discussing last week because i got confused that's where i got confused so, so that's let me add a, add a little bit onto it so karma yoga is uh, as we have been saying is antakaran ki shuddhi so what will antakaran ki shuddhi give so we have two problems one is that uh, the mind is not focused on one thing so it keeps jumping from one to another so to realize that i am brahman you need to have a very focused vritti uh, that we were talking about in the last class and then the other problem is that uh, we don't even think in that direction that I, i think i know who i am i am this body mind and that is what this world is so uh, karma yoga helps in uh, cleansing of the uh, of the mind or antakaran that 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 will even by doing it repeatedly for a long time is not going to give um, the knowledge of i am brahman so gyan yoga is actually shravan manan nidityasam so that in in short is known as gyan yoga where you repeatedly listen to uh, the scriptures where they try to explain it in multiple ways why you are brahman so any of the uh the doubts that we have uh that no i am this body and mind and then it talks about okay no you are actually you have five sheets and then it describes that then also you don't get it and then you say oh no but i i am i am awake i go to sleep so those are the three states so those are various uh, sort of processor procedures described to differentiate that i am not all of this so that happens through shravan and then you if whatever doubts you have you uh, remove those that is manan and then you do nididhyasan where you think you are brahman so you may be able to think for say few few minutes and then you'll start thinking about something else right so you keep increasing the duration of that thought i am brahman so that that becomes actually you don't have to put in effort it will become effortless that's the outcome so that's the outcome of the gyan yoga so gyan yoga is required irrespective of in fact if you look at the 11th shloka that we did in this one um the the karma yoga will only lead to antakaran ki shuddhi so doing good in life is not enough to get enlightened it is a very big step but it will not lead you to enlightenment for enlightenment you will have to do shravan manan nidityasan that makes it clear so that's the gyan yoga process whereas karma yoga is more not doing it with uh, uh, not doing any of our actions with uh, uh, sakam bhavna it should be nishkam uh, so we say you know do it for god uh, that's one way to not do it for yourself right so that's just a, a way of doing karma yoga so that's yeah, karma yoga if that's clear oh okay so because i thought i'm sorry um it says uh, karma yoga is the technique practice of self observation for the purification of the ego right correct um, it's only for yeah. the purification part 
I was just about to show something that, uh, you know, uh, we had a few, uh, a few weeks ago, we had Ch Chakra, who had uh, one of my uh, friends who was also uh, um, uh, on this path, basically, he had presented this, I thought I'll, uh, the, hopefully this, this will also help um, along uh, to actually reiterate what Alpana just said. So on one hand, uh, the the highest in uh, chapter two and Upanishads state that um, in this case he uses the word happiness, but basically your higher self is you know uh, the uh, the true happiness is within ourselves, but we don't experience it that way, right? We experience uh, samsara, right? We we experience tribulations and and agitations on a day to day, minute by minute basis. But whereas the true happiness, according to the Upanishads and, and um, in, in fact, which is captured in chapter two, is inside us and only within us. So, but we don't experience it that way. Why don't we not experience it that way, right? So that's because we, uh, that uh, ultimate source of happiness is hidden by three layers, which together, I think, um, like Alpana was calling as the... Um, well, if you like impurities, right? There are many types of impur impurities in us, which are, again, as Uday pointed out, these are the vasanas as part of, um, yeah, and, uh, and mental wandering and the ignorance. And what is that ignorance? That we are um, uh, Brahman, right? So that ignorance, the mental wandering and impurities, these are the three layers that cover um, that ultimate source. And because of which we don't experience ourselves to be that ultimate source of happiness, right? So chapter two and well, and the rest of um, uh, Gita, I would say, is helping us understand and remove these. So the way he, uh, he puts it is, this is his perspective that, you know, we can uh, take it for what, uh, what it's worth here, but uh, hidden based on his understanding, he feels that um, we are, these layers, karma yoga helps remove the mental impurities. And we are going to learn upasana, upasana yoga, which is meditation and other aspects of it, which reduces or removes the mental wandering or the agitations on, on the surface of the mind. And then nana yoga removes the ignorance that um, uh, we are this mind and body, but we are actually, we are not this mind and body, but we are the... Um, uh, we are Atma and, uh, and that Atma is the same as Brahman, right? So th that's the ignorance part related to Nana Yoga. So I, I just thought it was relevant to this question. So I thought I'd put it up. So. Oh, okay. But somehow I, from whatever I understood, I thought that even with Karma Yoga, the ego completely gets you know, dissolved and then the ignorance ends and you realize that you are Brahman. You, 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 your mind is more prepared um, to assimilate. It okay. Yoga. I see. Okay. You might intellectually understand it. Karma Yoga, at least uh, through the practice of Karma Yoga, as the impurities slowly melt away, uh, our mind becomes more and more pure, more sattvic. And with that state of mind, we are able to at least understand it and be more interested in this 
the fact that we are here to, together um, shows that we are, we are the boat is turning or the ship is turning uh, in that direction, right? But and and is getting prepared for the next stage, and um, the next stage could be meditation, could be directly understanding Nana Yoga, and and to get to a point where the mind is fairly um, uh, uh, pure at this point and highly sattvic so that we can, uh, whatever we learned can be assimilated, right? So intellectual understanding is one thing, but then to know that you are that um, implicitly, like that's intrinsically, that's, that's how you feel, that would be different, right? That's the removal of ignorance. Uh, okay, so, um, so what we are doing here now, why we are discussing all, is this Jnana Yoga? Is this Shravanan? Shravan, right? You said Shravan, sorry. Yeah? Shravan and Manan. Okay, Shravan and Manan is what we are doing now when we are discussing. Those. Actually, what we are doing exactly now is Manan, right? In the sense that you're clearing the doubts and we are all um, trying to clear the doubts that we have. Okay, okay, okay. And uh, Upasana Yoga is um, where you do the Nidhi Dhyasana, where you say, I am, I am the Atman. No, 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 no. Upasana yoga is the is um, is that uh, uh, state where you actually actually there's a chapter in, in Gita again where Bhagavan describes it. But effectively, this is the dhyana that you will have to do about uh, to reduce the wandering mind. Okay. So effectively, think of it this way. You know the the analogy that 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 always hit me was uh, from this book by Swami Dayananda. He says that our mind is like uh, you know if you if you were to put the number of thoughts what we have in our mind into into a bowl, okay, and if you if you if if, if you were to start looking at it like a food, right? So it's like noodles. You know, you pick one thought, you cannot choose the next thought. So noodles come together, okay. So it's impossible for you to use chopsticks and just pick one noodle and eat and one noodle and eat. Okay, that that because the mind automatically is so divergent and then it's uh, one thought will attach to itself automatically and you'll notice that when you do that. But then he says that what you need to do is you need to develop your mind like eating peanuts with a chopsticks. So you choose each peanut and keep eating. How can you do that? So it's it's the ability for the mind to not be divergent, but the ability to choose one particular thought at a particular point of time. And that ability is uh, concentrating the mind. And when the impurities have been removed, in this slide, if you look at it, then the impurities have been reasonably removed and you still have the ability, you still have the problem of uh, uh, the uh, distracted mind, okay? Uh, you know, people can, people need not have any of the Kamakrodha, Loba, Moha, Madha, Matsarya, but they still be very distracted in what they want to do. But then that, that's when the Upasana Yoga helps them to reduce the particular uh, wandering mind. And what happens when they reduce the wandering mind is that it starts focusing itself on the goal. What is the goal? The goal is to realize that you are, you know, there is, there's a little bit of an ignorance, ignorance still about who we are. And then that thing starts coming out very much more easily because the mind is focused on understanding one thing. Yeah. The other analogy along with that, the noodle analogy is that of a lake, right? A, a lake that has a lot of uh, muddled water, um, but there, where there are a lot of waves on the surface of this lake, right? So when 
our mind is like that lake where the source of light is at the bottom so it gets completely um, dispersed right that that you don't see the source at all at that point because on one one side you have a lot of uh, uh, muddy water and then on the other side there is a lot of waves on the surface now how do you get it to a stage where it's a completely calm lake with um so that you can actually see the source directly right so one stage is to let the sediments settle down so it becomes somewhat clear water at this point but you still have a lot of waves on the surface which again uh, completely um uh, what do you say disperses the light and now it's uh, now you reduce the um agitations on the or the waves on the surface at at which point the now you have a calm serene lake and and you are able to see the bottom of the lake right so that's the other analogy so obviously there is the purification on one side which is to re- reduce the sediments um and the second part is to um reduce the waves on the surface right both are required it's not one or the other for we are all in different stages for some of us maybe the agitations on the surface is less may for somebody else maybe that is more but their mind is relatively more pure and so on but both are needed to get us to that stage where uh, and which is the stage of higher sattva where uh, the mind is sattvic by the way but just that it's been covered with all these layers so once those layers are removed the mind um, sattvic mind is exposed even more so and and from that mind is when you can understand this higher truth otherwise it will remain an intellectual reality it will never be assimilated and that's the whole point so um it just stop me if i'm going too much you know i am just no, trying no. to okay uh, so okay so uh, my understanding was uh, if if we do karma yoga which is basically uh, we are doing work with uh, no um, you know desire in that particular work then our mind should automatically become calm isn't it that is right uh, to, you know, think of it as level 1 it definitely becomes calm to to a large extent because you know the the uh, stress or uh, anxieties and uh, uh, many other things kind of start to settle down so some type of a uh, few levels of impurities will start to settle down right and these sediments have settled down but you might still have a lot of you might we might still have a very wandering mind which is which cannot be focused on one thing right um oh, so it's possible even if you're uh, even if you're doing karma yoga your mind could still be wandering is that's a possibility that that is that's yeah very much so okay. very much so yeah, so it starts okay. to slow down but there is there is still a lot of agitation in the mind right because of desire prompted uh, uh, uh activities and uh, many other things which will result in that right but we are saying karma yoga should is basically activity without desire then how will we have desire uh, prompted activity if you are doing karma yoga if you if you think of it uh, if it's a muddy water so removing the mud is done by karma yoga yeah but it may still have ripples in the clear water so the ripples are removed by by focusing on one thing at a time first and then focusing on nothing is 
you know is what eventually will happen one more thing i wanted to add was uh, gyan yoga is confused with sanyas it's not it's not sanyas it can be done by householders um and you uh, you do shravan manan nididhyasan but you need to have little bit of desirelessness which will come through karma yoga and uh, upasana the other confusion we have is upasana we tend to think of it as puja and the rituals actually karma is refers to uh, rituals upasana is more meditation so meditation is where we practice even if we don't have desires we still not be able to think of one thing that that we want to think about you know you, your mind doesn't have desires but say a monkey comes in you'll start thinking about the monkey then something else comes in you don't have any desire that i exactly. want to do something with it but your mind may jump from one to another like a monkey mind right so so yeah. that is more of where you practice that i want to think only about monkey and just keep keep thinking of monkey whether a elephant or a lion comes in front of you you want okay. to train yourself to think about something you want to think of not any thought that comes and you keep thinking about it that is ruminating about any any problem we have we do very well with it we keep thinking about it that's not the meditation what you want to think about and then if you are able to do it so that is uh, the role of upasana which you use like like omkar or idol or even a mantra or a jap you use to uh, using some alambanam they call or a pratik yoga you may call and you just focus on one thing but the thing that you choose so that will remove the ripples in the clear water <laughs> otherwise the ripples may yeah. still be there so i i'm sorry i i misspoke when i said bizarre uh, prompted activities are uh, on the ripples yeah, th- that is the um, impurities yeah um completely with you because you if you think of the mind as a very the most powerful instrument right and today we are not able to use it um to that extent we want that uh, that instrument to be at its absolute best which it is but it is being covered by all these things so we are removing that so that that instrument can now be used to understand the ultimate truth otherwise the mind will is so um uh drawn into many other things that it is not able to actually capture that right so we want it to be uh in in uh as effective as possible right sorry rajesh yeah so just to add on to that lake analogy right i think uh, chitra the way that uh, in my mind it 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 uh, works is that you know uh the mind is like an iceberg where 99% of what goes on within the mind one doesn't know okay so if and obviously you know you can't change things that you don't know about it's impossible you can change things only that you know about which is very little so how do you do it right you know the point is you know karma yoga can help you maybe change your behavior and maybe perceptions about what what you're doing why you're doing or even a little bit of your attitude towards you know a particular aspect in in your day to day life but then to change the core values or the core beliefs or even the desires from where these core beliefs comes you need some additional aid right and that's mm-hmm. that's like you know you got to figure out how to melt this iceberg you cannot melt this iceberg by you know lighting up a small uh, uh, you know uh, fire on the top it has to be melted from the bottom somehow 
Okay. Right? And for you to melt it, you need that energy. I'm, I'm just explaining it in my own words. And that's that energy, that, that mental energy is, comes through Upasana Yoga. And then how do you actually light that energy? That, that lighting of that energy is to really shifting your anchor. Okay. When, I, when I'm using these words, your and mine here, it's basically that sense of who we think we are right now. If I ask you who you are right now, I'm pretty sure we will, you will, you will say that, you know, even you may even think that, you know, you, you are such and such person, uh, you may not be able to say it outside, but you will 99.9% .9 of the time, people, people, uh, people like us will not say, will not think that we are Brahman. So it's like, you know, you have a hangman news, the hang, hangman noose is stuck on something called ego. And then you're slowly shifting that hangman news to noose to something called self with a capital S in your own mind. That's and that is, that is the Nididhyasana. That is the Nididhyasana, yes. Nice. Okay. okay. And then what happens is that then, then this entire iceberg basically, it, you know, it, iceberg is no different from the water, okay, that surrounds it. And then that iceberg suddenly is dissolved, that there is no, there's no difference between water and the mind. And then when, when there's no between water and the mind, what happens is the self automatically shines through as if th there is no filter that's put in between. So I have another question. I mean, because we have this sense of whatever, you know, I am separate from whatever this uh, room or this table or this chair or whatever, but if that goes away, then how does this human being survive? There, there's no... Uh, uh, then it goes back to the question of, you know, then you are at a state, mental state, where you don't see any dvaita, duality at all. Then you already, act, then at that point of time, you realize this entire thing is like a dream. You've woken up from the dream. You had a bad dream or a good dream. In the dream, you were running around, you were doing, you know, doing whatever kinds of things that, that uh, you imagined it to be do doing. But then you wake up, what happens to the dream? It's like, the dream is folded back into your own mind. There is no dream. <laughs> okay. It's like, Maybe uh, imagine this. <laughs> no, I, 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 like I, a Marvel I, movie now, or Inception, go into this and into that. I'm no, sorry. or in, 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 I, I view it as watching a movie, right? Sometimes we are caught up. In, well, let's say it's a very engaging movie. We are caught up in it, right? We are emotionally connected to the characters, and we are. We in some ways go through the mental tribulations of the character. We see people crying in, in a movie theater. I mean, how did that happen? Because they're so caught up in it, they're into the movie. Now, when you realize yourself as a self, you realize that you're watching the movie. You're not, those are the characters that are going on on the screen. I am not that. I am the observer of that, I'm, I'm a waste. So now there is no fear or stress or anything that the character goes through because, hey, that is the movie I know it is a movie, it's not me. So you will still go through this, but with the assurance that, and the lack of fear, because you are not that, you know that it's a movie that is separate from you. So they will still go through whatever they have to go through in life, but with a freedom. Uh, and basically when we say um, enlightenment, it is that freedom, the lack of fear, now they can be so more, such more like effective in whatever they're doing because that uh, fear and other things are not holding you back. Thank you. 
thank you so much <laughs> i'm uh, sorry i took away from the discussion but uh, <laughs> no no i think it's, it's a very relevant question and i think these shlokas are actually covering in fact i want to add one more thing if you don't mind if all of you don't mind actually what helped me to understand this chapter is you know i keep referring back to 2.47 and 2.48 as i read this particular chapter right so if you look at the 2.47 it basically says that karmanyeva adhikaraste ma phaleshu kadachana ma karma pala hetur buhu ma te sangostha karmani so there it talks about what is it that you have the right on or the control on okay but in fact although people say that this is the most important shloka for me the next shloka makes a lot more sense it says that yogastha kur karmani sangam tyaktva dhananjaya so letting go of the attachment to the particular work do your work okay and then it says siddhya siddhyo samobhutva samattvam yoga uchyate so there it clearly defines in the words karma and yoga 2.47 defines what is karma what you have to be doing but 2.48 defines how to do that how to do that work that yoga part of it where it says that you know having that equanimity between success and failure is is that that attitude is what we need to have as yoga okay but then again if you go back to 2.49 it says that see 2.48 47 and 48 still describe how you have to do a particular work with what kind of attitude but then 2.49 it says that if you do it with this particular attitude which is that you know that you are that wisdom that you are that brahman and then you do that work then nothing will impact you so 2.47 48 49 basically talks of karma karma yoga nyana yoga i see okay ah okay okay i see okay if a man should not perform work prompted by desire then how should he perform it that's the yeah that's when you're talking four eight yeah okay No just to put it a little bit, just to put it a little bit. Uh, I mean, all the people talk so many philosophical things. I, I seriously, uh, I am in a simple. I understand in a very layman language. To put it in simple way, I want to tell you, you know, in chapter two, as it says, we are Brahman, we are consciousness. Okay, and we have to start things with from there. The problem in life. I was just thinking one hour back as well. the problem what we are having right now is addiction addiction to our mind okay <laughs> so <laughs> we are addicted to our mind and that is where all the paths come in the karma yoga to purify the mind gana yoga bhakti yoga all this to deaddict our mind it's as simple as that i mean which i feel so which uh, is uh, appropriate every other way is to deaddict our mind from ourselves the moment you are the addict you are knowing who you are so you mean that addicted to the mind i'm confused i'm sorry who is addicted to the mind who is addicted to the mind you the ego <laughs> I, 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 I i would say we are addicted to our thoughts which is in the mind we, we are addicted to our thoughts so uh, mahesh i'm i'm actually uh, uh it, it just a couple of days ago i was on the, on my drive back it uh, you know the kids were always on the phone and i realize on one side the kids are addicted to the phone and hence they are driven by whatever they are doing on the phone we may not be on the phone but we are addicted to our thoughts always addicted to the 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 yes. thoughts that are happening yes. 
scheming, planning, uh, extrapolation, what happened, memory of past events, we are addicted to that, right? And we are not in the present moment, never. We are always addicted to these thoughts that are happening. It, 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 we're always doing something or the other. If you really observe it, we are uh, you know, looking at what has happened in the past or we are planning for something in the future and extrapolating some ideas. Uh, this is what is going on. Is it possible to turn that off at will? It's very hard. I try to say and that. That is what we are. Let me have a no thought <laughs> or a, what is called a no mind state, even for a few moments, few seconds, almost impossible, at will, right? So, um, because if when that happens, when there are no thoughts at the, in the no mind state, um, mind is in its pure sattvic, in its purest form, and you're going to experience that oneness when that happens, but that doesn't happen. For most of us, this is trying to get us there. So this we we are talking about is the ego, not that. No, no, it is not the ego. It's Traji. One minute, as it is. I'm sorry. I'm going to run over. No, again, again, again. Let 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 come back to the basic point. In chapter two says we are consciousness, pure consciousness. Okay, when we are talking about we are pure consciousness. Let's say, for for example, you put a dot in front of you, if you are that. A pure consciousness, should it know its surroundings or not? I mean, that means, is it consciousness around its surroundings? Let's say point one, point A, point B. If it is point B, if it is conscious, you are conscious about point B, that means your consciousness is spread there as well. If your consciousness of throughout the universe, that means you are conscious of the entire universe as well. Now, this pure consciousness, which the entire universe is residing in you, is you. Okay? That is what it says. For the time being, let's take it. That is what it, I mean, for, in simple words, maybe may complicated, whatever it is. So now the problem here is, the entire thing, everything in the universe is we, for example. But we are confined to an individual because we are addicted to our mind. Okay, the giant is addicted to a small peanut mind and it thinks it's as a human being and that is where all the problem is. Okay, now if we de-addict ourselves, because we are already addicted, you know, that is why I always recommend people to smoke, get addicted, you know, so then they know uh, how to de-addict themselves. You know, it's better to have an addiction. You know, some people have an addiction of food. Some people have an addiction of this. This is quite natural. Addiction is quite natural, according to me. So the moment you would de-addict yourself of any external activity, you know, you will know the internal process of working of your mind. You can slowly, slowly de-addict uh, your mind as well. That is what is Japa is also. Japa is you are getting addicted to your mind consciously. So then you know how to get your mind addicted or de-addicted. You know you are hating your hating certain activity also, and you are consciously doing it. So when you know how you can addict or de-addict your mind, that is where is the start of spiritual life. <laughs> so all these paths, you know, the Jnana Yoga, Raja Yoga, this Yoga, that Yoga, all this is nothing but de-addiction of mind to the consciousness mind. But 
again mind is not different from the, the moment you uh, remove all this uh, impurities as krishna said it automatically merges into the consciousness it is also consciousness i don't know whether you understood this or not but i'm just trying to explain the simple words let me give you another example so there is sun that's the consciousness now there is a pot and that pot has little water in it and there is a little reflection of sun in that pot water so now that little reflection in the sun begins to think i am an individual the reflection it has a body which is the pot and it has a mind which is the water in it which is able to reflect it okay so now if you say how will the pot live that's what we are thinking how is the pot operating that little that little sun which is reflected in it i think we are thinking of that what we have to realize we are actually the sun we are not the pot we are not that water and we are not that reflected sun so to answer your question we have to actually free ourselves of the person which you are trying to say what well, how that person will operate we are not that person we have to actually free ourselves of that and that's what i think mahesh was trying to explain that that addiction is that little sun is addicted to think i am the pot because in that pot only that reflection can happen and actually karmayog will make the water in that pot clear but we are the sun eventually what we have to realize is we have we are the sun so if you repeatedly listen to the upanishadic statements that is what it is trying to do the uh, so only that sun is the real thing rest everything is not real so that differentiation is atma and atma vivek and they are all appearing in the sun in the sense only sun is illuminating everything so in that sense they are all in that sun and that little sun is not different from the main sun because it's just a reflection of it it cannot exist without the big sun so i think our focus is to find out that which in which everything is happening whatever is that is the same thing which is illuminating so it's the same little reflection of sun in one pot and the other and, and those are little individuals that we are looking here but they are all really the sun the big sun which is just one so if that makes it I mean, that's another example which is taken up just oh, going the other way around also chitra ji just to, if you can understand this you know <laughs> krishna no no I mean, this is interesting topic for me because uh, uh, i always keep thinking about this you know when krishna you, you remember he lifted a mountain you know that is the story i told this too many two three times before also the i mean there krishna is uh, considering himself as the entire universe so he can just as he lifts any body he can lift the mountain also you know it's not a big deal for him uh, he's not a power so we are the entire i mean ent- everything is us whatever is happening is us but just that we are addicted to a particular body and we are not realizing our true potential that is what i just wanted to put it across and and you know just to add to what alpana said and uh, mahesh what you said makes a lot of sense so uh, you know in sandhya vandanam there is this uh, uh, when you go through the process of sandhya vandanam it takes about 20 25 minutes 
there is uh, people think that the most important thing is chanting of the gayatri mantra okay which is a very common understanding i also had that understanding but there's actually two parts to it one one of the part uh, multiple parts to it and one of the parts which is to it is before you chant the gayatri mantra you actually chant a mantra called asavaditya brahma sahamasmi okay for about 10 or 20 times or whatever basically sadhya vandanam is something that you're praying to the external sun the visible sun okay and then when you say that when you say that mantra savaditya brahma sahamasmi basically you are saying that whatever that i see in the that sun that that visible sun you are brahman but at the same time that's the first part of it okay asavaditya brahma the second part of the mantra sahamasmi okay that says that i am also that so it says that asavaditya brahma sahamasmi you are repeating to yourself saying that that sun and me are no different so that's that's the significance of uh, the unity that you are trying to develop in terms so that they basically this entity within within this particular body that's doing the sandhya vandana at that particular point of time thinks it's limited to this particular body but this mantra is reminding it that it's not limited to within this body but it's this entire universe so this mantra is what you're doing when you're doing nididhyasana is that nididhyasana because uh, you think so so okay now now you're asking a very um, technical question so it depends on your mind state so what is uh, nididhyasana for one person could be shravanam for another person ah oh, i see okay. for example you know if i if i am not let's say mature enough to understand that particular statement i keep listening to it 20 30 times i get a little curious then i get a little bit more doubts then i go clarify what those doubts are then i'm doing shravanam mananam but if i'm 100% clear then i'm actually doing nididhyasana at the point of time because right now what you're explaining looks like you are doing nididhyasana right because you're saying i am i am that sun that is because oh. your mind your mind is at that stage to understand it as nididhyasana but somebody else will understand it saying that oh he's just repeating it ah okay 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 so yeah the point of view you're saying like what is it that Correct. particular business thinking so it's it goes back it goes back to you know the kishore's chart which showed that you know impurities then mm. you have uh, 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 distractions then ignorance okay so at this point of time if if you state if you state that okay i am understanding this as you know nidityasanam then you have reasonably lower impurities and lower uh, distractions to understand that statement Okay. I think I have some clarity. <laughs> Hopefully, it will stay for some time. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. <laughs> no, it it is a very powerful question, Chitra. What you asked, because I think we covered entire ten or fifteen shlokas more or less in a free flowing, uh, you know, uh, with 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 the brilliant question. What you asked, actually. Yeah, because when I was reading, I was getting very confused, and then I was thinking of what you guys were discussing last week, and then I said, okay, I need to get that clarity. At least the definitions, if they are not clear, then you're using the words, you know, interchangeably, and you're not yeah, understanding. Yeah. yeah, and and one other thing, you know, I just want to mention one thing here. I think uh, uh, the word yoga, which is used in Gita, has different contextual meaning. and sometimes it's very hard for us to anchor ourselves on one particular definition of the word and then start you know looking at okay karma yoga sankhya yoga vishada yoga and then okay if yoga is this then if i 
prefix it with something that, with this, then it should be this. That that logic does not work. We have to be careful with that. So right now, when we are saying karma yoga, we are saying do actions without the desire for the result or be an observer, right? That's what we are talking about here when we are talking karma yoga. No, no. Being an observer is, uh, uh, is you're doing that um, like, uh, yeah, karma yoga attitude, but with jnana yoga coming to it because you cannot be an observer. You can do karma yoga even without being an observer of it. Oh, because I thought he keeps repeating, no? Swami Chinyananda keeps saying that there are two ways of doing karma yoga. One is you be the observer or you renounce the desires. So I Correct. thought both were the same. Correct. Oh. Correct. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's again the mental, uh, uh, person's mental development determines how they will choose to act in this particular world. Like for example, uh, let's say you know uh, there's a there's a there's a person who is doing a lot of charity work. Let's say, okay, hypothetically, okay, he is benefiting everybody else, but he may not necessarily think of himself as Brahman, observer, doing all that work. He may think that this is good for the entire world, and his concept could be: if I do this, maybe it'll help me too. He may not understand that you know there is no me and him. At that point of time, I'm just making it up, making this example up. So when Gita is talking about karma yoga, at least in this chapter, with whatever we're reading in chapter five, there's a mix of karma yoga and jnana yoga. Correct? Yes. Is that my yes. understanding? Right? Yes. Okay. Yes. And but remember, you know, uh, in chapter two, when uh, when he talks about it, he talks about it, uh, saying that you know the the first uh, the first thing is. People should move away from karma to karma yoga, then karma yoga to jnana karma yoga, where you do work, which is chapter chapter four, which where you do karma yoga with the understanding that you are that knowledge. I see. So jnana yoga is just the doing work with understanding. Is that what it is? Yes. Ah. Oh. Okay. Okay. The, the chapters are very, very beautifully aligned, uh, Chitra. Summary, then what you have to do, how you have to do. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, I think I'm getting it now. I'm able to understand when you guys go between Jnana Yoga and Karma Yoga. Maybe I'll understand that. Okay, thank you. Hey, uh... Hey, Chitra, thanks for the question. For somebody like me who thinks we understand, many of the concepts get clearer when we hear all these uh, uh, responses. Uh, so thanks for the question. Uh, coming to today's uh, uh, shlokas... Uday, your I, audio is very low for me. Maybe it's my problem. I do not know, but uh, I, I can barely uh, hear you now speaking in... Uh... Yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, you can hear me better now? Yeah. Cool. Uh, coming to today's uh, shlokas, I had a doubt in uh, the the commentary for the eleventh shloka, right? Uh, where he talks of the observer and he says the observer itself is not the truth, but it is the light which uh, 
which is sh uh, showing the observer that is the truth or something like that. I was not able to follow that. Uh, does anybody, did anybody understand that or shall I just point the exact lines uh, where I had a problem? This is in page 362, which is the explanation for uh, Shloka 11. Uh, he says, see, see, the sloka itself says, yogis having abandoned attachment perform actions merely by the body, mind, and intellect and senses for the purification of the self or the ego, the self with a small s. Right? In the explanation, he says, however, he must realize that the observer in himself is not the truth. But this observer is truth standing on the open balcony of the intellect. I was kind of, I, I found honestly, to be honest, all these uh, six uh, shlokas were very profound for me to fully grasp because the, the verbatim meaning of the shloka and the commentary were talking of at least in a couple of them, I thought they were talking different. What I understood from the verbatim explanation of the shloka and what is said in the commentary were a little different is what I felt. In this one, uh, if you think of the example that I was giving, that uh, reflected sun is actually the observer, but that is not the truth. What is illumining that observer is the actual sun, which is the truth. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. That's the difference. It's Jidavas versus the yeah. actual actual uh, consciousness. And and that open okay. balcony of the intellect, uh, the way I understand that is the reflection or the reflection of the in the water, that, that reflection happens in the in the intellect. Yes. Right. Antakar, so, yeah. yeah. In the uh, so I mean, when in somewhere else I was reading that basically it would it would be because it it's in the um, um, intellect is closest uh, to the Atman in that sense that uh, that's where the Atman gets reflected. Is is that right? Yeah. Uday, in the same paragraph, he also says. The consciousness that illumine, illumines the very observer is the spiritual center, the self. Correct. Yes. I think that's what Alpana and Kishore are saying. Is that big sun is the one that makes you even aware that you're observing. How do you know that you're observing? Okay. Because I always thought when we say, talk about the observer, that is the self with the big S itself, right? When we say that to detach ourselves and be the observer, uh, I thought the observer itself is the self, but uh, here he's saying the truth is... Actually, observer is a little bit misleading. The moment you have content, that means uh, you have to use either mind or intellect to, to get it. And that's not the truth. So by, by observer, they mean it illumines actually. It's the, so the difference between uh, Sakshi and Drishta. 
drishta is the one who sees so whenever there is an object to be seen there is somebody who is seeing it but they both are part of the maya but what is illumining it both of them the seer and the seen both is the real truth okay so that's why that sun and little sun example is is also that little sun is the one who's actually observing it and doing everything but who what is illumining the whole body the mind and even the and the, the intellect and even the object that it is perceiving is the actual truth thank you so if you can uh, if you can just share one slide i'm actually prepared preparing for a talk with uh, with a company this week so i just prepared this slide uh, from my earlier slides right so let me just share uh, are you able to see this slide yes okay so basically you know this is uh, from the initial pages of the book also swami ji has this but uh, from a you know this is for the western audience that i've used this slide right so if you look at it here are the inputs which come in from the external world the five sense organs and then the emotional mind and then the intellect mind so the whole idea is this if if the emotional mind starts responding uh, first of all here we need to have control okay and if the if the emotional mind starts responding uh, reacting to whatever inputs coming in let's say you know, i see good food i say oh, i like it and i eat it okay then the response is only here and then this intellect mind is you know is not functional as much as what it is it's supposed to be but then when the intellectual mind says oh it is sweets but i am diabetic i should not take too much too many sweets then suddenly you shifted the uh, emphasis of who you are from being a reactive person to a responsive person but then the whole point is even this intellect also can make a lot of mistakes even this intellect can can make wrong decisions and so then when you when you make a wrong decision then ultimately you know your actions are not going to be the right actions for the for this entire universe but then this intellect starts observing if you notice in the example what i gave about the sweets oh i this is sweets yes i understand it is sweet i have to eat the sweets but at the same time i should limit myself because i am supposed to be diabetic that's the that's the observer but then where is the power for the observer that ability to think where is it coming from it's actually not coming from this construct at all it's coming from outside which is who we truly are and that's the thing that alpana was trying to explain right saying that that's the larger sun this is a smaller sun so the reflection happens here therefore we are able to take better decisions but, but taking better decision does not mean that you have achieved that ultimate goal of who you truly are so i have a question here so then you know there is the reflection so would you consider then that uh, the first step is to understand that we are not um this 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 bucket and we are not the water and that we are out we are outside of both of them so in in other words we feel consciousness as it's reflected in us through this intellect through the mind uh, through the mind and then the second step would be to say that we actually are uh, not what we think because there is a there is the actual sun that's actually providing that level of consciousness would you agree that it's kind of in a two stage of understanding even within that observers relative? initially you know you just just only one word that you need to add in your entire sentence initially we only think that we are within this mind and body yeah that's a that's a misconception what we have yeah 
So if we uh, start uh, thinking that uh, everyone, so all of us here, uh, you know, who are talking now or who are part of this, we are all the same. And if you keep expanding that, that's what we are trying to do. Yes. So then you no longer think that I am separate from anyone of yes. the people. Then the fear goes away. And actually, you know, my personal realization has been that that's exactly the reason why this Varnashrama Dharma has been created for us. The Gruhastha Dharma, Gruhastha Ashrama has been given to us because to expand that sense of self. It what naturally happens to you, especially for, you know, for a parent, you know, the parent does not think the kid is different from them. But then you have to expand that. You have to expand it. Because the, just the family is not, uh, you know, it's just a unit, it's just a smaller unit than the larger set of units. Then you go into the concept of Vasudeva Kutambikam, where you're not saying, you know, uh, humans are the, all humans are my brothers and sisters, that's one stage. But then you go beyond that and all beings is just one. So that is Bhakti Yoga? That is seeing unity. That is, okay, Bhakti Yoga, Jnana Yoga, it's, it's, then it merges everything together because it really does not matter at that stage. Okay. But the unity is not in the bodies. Yeah, yeah. Never be the same. Yeah. We can never be the same as God that we say. But the, but the one which is illuminating all of these is the same. So Chitra, let's say that at this point of time, we start thinking that all, everything is same. You know, I, I see a person, he and I are no different. Then that's, that's the intellect that is still thinking. She's saying go beyond the intellect. Obviously, actually, I would say, I would not say intellect is thinking. I would say that's training the intellect to think differently. That's what I would put it. But then with, without thinking when it happens naturally is when you have reached it. That's it. That's also practice. So sometimes practice can also be a little bit more muscular practice. It has to, it has to really believe that without any effort, without even uh, intellectual or muscular reaction. When we start driving car without knowing, right? When we are shifting gear or whatever, it all happens. But it is even beyond. Yes. I think you have to make that 180 degree angle turn from the sun. And I'm not the pot and the this thing, but 180 degree turn will be towards the sun. And then only the sun will remain. The rest everything will drop. The pot will never realize I am the sun. Similarly, the mind can never realize I am the I am that. But the mind will drop as well. And in me, everything is happening, all of this. And hence, I am same as everybody. So in the light of the discussions, what we've, what we've been having, which is very, very invigorating, if you, if you, if you map, uh, say that what exactly is the spiritual path? Karma Yoga, Upasana Yoga, Bhakti Yoga, Jnana Yoga, all of them are basically tools at different stages for you to get to understanding that particular sun tools. And if I can go down a little bit below even Karma Yoga, you know, people's situations, circumstances, your body, your mind is are all tools for us. 
how we use them, for what purpose, is what is the spiritual part. You can use all these things as tools, you know, for your own benefit, selfish benefit, or you can use it for a larger purpose, which is for you to say, you know, there is no differences in this particular world. And just think about it. What relationship that sun has with the pot or the mind or the or anything? There is no relationship. Anything that happens to the pot, nothing can happen to the sun ever. Whether the pot breaks or pot lifts or pot disappears, it becomes, it changes into a, uh, something else. Nothing happens to the sun and that's what we are. And then that's why then what prarabdha of the pot? Sun doesn't have anything to do with that prarabdha of the pot or no prarabdha or anything at all. So if we can just expand that initially, yes, intellectually, that I am that, I am even the space in which everything is happening. That itself is quite liberating actually. And the space doesn't get impacted by anything. Good air, bad air. It doesn't make the space polluted. It makes the air polluted, but not the not the space. It cannot touch. So it cannot touch the sun at all. Anything that happens here. Can I ask one more doubt, please? Fourteenth uh, shloka. He talks about. Um, I'll just read the meaning first. Neither agency nor actions does the Lord create for the world, nor union with the fruits of actions, but it is nature that acts. Now, my first question is, are we talking of two different things then, Lord and nature? And when we talk of Lord, is it the self with the capital S or is it something else? Uh, these are the two fundamental uh, you know, questions that popped in my mind when I was reading about this uh, shloka. Anybody? Alpana was just explaining that with the pot example. Sun did, not, sun did not create the pot. Neither did, the, neither, neither did the light in the pot think that it is limited. Um, uh, it is uh, uh, it is beyond the pot. Okay. The sun did not create that feeling in that light. So are there two different things then? Yes. So these are two different levels of reality. So in this reality, this uh, transactional reality that we live in, but it doesn't happen randomly. So that's why we have the karma theory. That there's an action and reaction. That's it. Nobody is, it's not that God is trying to do something. Huh, that I understood. Huh. Right. So but when you say that nature is different from. So, Prakriti is, Maya is what is different from Brahman. Like with the sun's energy, the, uh, the, the, uh, the plants grow, we get food, we eat all of that. Yet, Nothing of it is impacting sun. And sun is not doing it, but we are using sun's energy. Right? But it happens, how much, how much ever we can take it, or you know, whatever plant can take it, 
based upon that that kind of crop will happen etc etc the sun cycle actually that's why sun example is very beautiful that you know everything depends on sun and yet sun is not doing anything sun is not saying i will i will okay today i will shine so that i can create the cloud today i will do this so the, there is no intervention of uh, lord in that sense it is all happening because of action and reaction at what point what is anywhere and whatever we are doing hence we have to pay for whatever if we think we are this individual in this reality we have to pay for it or bear the fruit but all of this is just getting uh, illuminated by that sun and all of this is actually just an apparent reality like the uh, snake in the rope what does the snake do does the rope create snake no what is how did that snake got created it was never created but it appears and you go through the emotional cycle with it but all of that is just action and reaction in an apparent reality so nothing is random as such but it is still apparent nothing actually is created okay with the discussions that we've had so far if you go back and watch the matrix original matrix right you'll really really enjoy it i'm telling you you'll love it actually hey uh uh i just i had this question while i was reading this uh when you guys watch videos of the specific uh, shlokas which which videos do you watch if i have you know if i want more clarity etc is there a suggestion on who, uh you know how swami p has very elaborate uh, lectures on each shloka swami spg has lectures and then swami nikhilanand ji is also another one who is somewhere in between you know not very elaborate not very less so those are the three that sometimes i refer to or you can refer to many commentaries okay but swami the, is swami, the, is the most elaborate yeah, kishore has shared that link with us right yeah uh, swami p's lectures are there uh, those are in english yeah and they're very elaborate Okay. and they are very advaitic so i think just one thing is there we do need to think what's the purpose if the purpose is moksha i think swami p's lectures are very good but if we want to make our life better then maybe not <laughs> kishore where did you share those uh, i'm sorry let me uh, it's it's actually a one drive link so uh even in the group if you search for one drive um let's see i i and i'll i'll find the link and repost it let me send it hold on okay. the, the irony yesterday was listening to uh, my wife was uh, listening to bajagovindam and uh, you know Um, it, the one of the shlokas in that says okay what we are doing here is satsang 
And we're doing this because we have to get nis nissang. We have to go beyond this, actually. Nissang is detachment. Yeah. But attachment is the first step for detachment. Yeah. I just posted the link, by the way. Uh, that's why I promote addiction. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. That's what Mahesh was trying to explain. You first get addicted and then you de addict and you know. <laughs> no, you posted the link on the chat here. Okay, cool. So my movie recommendation for all, all of you is to watch Matrix again, original Matrix. You will enjoy it. Okay, 7.24, six more minutes. There will be a lot of uh, uh, silent participants. So just want to open up to find out if there are any questions, comments, feedback on what we've discussed so far. Hey, this is uh, Muku. I had one aha moment was um, one of the slokas, you know, uh, Bhagwan says that uh, the, the reality comes from you, right? Like that we touched upon briefly last week, but he's pointing to that in this one of the slokas. Um, that is, that is, I thought it was a kind of a kind of a good thing from last week discussion to kind of this week he talks about it. I think it is four nine, I think. That was a good aha moment for me. So. Five, yeah. I'm looking at the sloka here, which one is this? If others, I'm, I'm looking at if others have comments, please, please continue, I'll just post it. One nice uh, statement in the commentary which said, today we are ego-realized souls and the Gita's call is to become soul-realized egos. Mm. Nice play on words. That is beautiful. And you know, uh, one of the things that, that I loved... Uh, uh, I, I got a better understanding of the word agency. I've always thought of the word agency as someone like who's a distributor of things. You know, you take something from somewhere, distribute agency, you know, agency really helps me. <laughs> but the agency actually means taking ownership. And that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. I also like the lotus leaf example. 
That was another nice one uh, to think about. One more, uh, Swami SPG, he explains two words. One is the, the attainments are of two types. So he gives two, this thing. One is uh, Gram Desh Prapti. And then the other one is uh, Gal Valai Prapti. So Gram Desh Prapti is you have to go to a particular village where, you know, to go to there, it somewhere in future you'll get there. So you have to walk, there's some effort required, etc., etc. Whereas the other one is Galvale Prapti is you have a necklace in your uh, in your neck and you've forgotten and you're trying to find it. So somebody has to just point out that it is on your neck. So you don't have to go anywhere. It's not that in future you will get it. You already have it. So so the attainment that happens through Gyan Yoga is the second one, Galvale Prapti. Nice one. I remember as a as growing up, you know, there used to be this familiar example saying that uh, the the mother was searching for the child all along while the child was on her uh, on her waist. It sort of shows that you know that there's no the mother has completely forgotten that this child was with, with her, but she's still searching for the child. I don't know if you had CBSC that where are my glasses? Kuchu, kuchu. <laughs> I was just going to say that, like we search for our glasses when it's on our head. <laughs> was it uh, was it as part of NCRT textbook or was it Chanda Mama story or? NCERT. NCERT. I think fourth or fourth or fifth grade. Where yeah. are my glasses? Kuchu. <laughs> that character is really cute, actually. Kuchu. <laughs> yeah, but this is often quoted. I think a woman is wearing a bangle and it it's covered by her dupatta or something and it's an expensive one that she got after a long time and she can't find it. <laughs> It's very upset and this thing. So where do you find it? How do you find it? It was all along with you. And that's how our true nature is. It is our nature. How can it be away from it? So it is all along our true nature, the true self, the capital S. So next week, well, 5.20 another five shlokas this was an awesome learning and sharing today wonderful 16 to 20 yeah yeah 16 to 20 let's conclude with our prayer oh sarve bhavantu sukhinaha Sarve Santu Niramaya, Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu, Makaschid Dukkabhaga Bhavet, Om Shanti Shanti Shanti, Shri Guru Bhyonamaha Harihi Om.
All right. See you around next week. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Take care. Hello.